I'm smarter than the devil. I'm smarter than the devil. You are not smarter than me. I'll see you in hell yet, Homer Simpson. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, but this is a special spooky Halloween edition. It's October, so you know how we like to do. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might just know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not... When you're done with this episode, do me a personal favor, especially during this Halloween season. Go check it out. I've been making lots of posts about Treehouse of Horror and Halloween-adjacent stuff. I am also joined by the Lisa to my Bart, my now official co-host, the viral sensation himself, Brandon Withrow. Say hello to the people, Brandon. Never thought I'd be more honored to be called a little girl. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Brandon, you're in the intro now. It's it's I it's know, official. The there's intro. no more there's no more like, hey, is Brandon on the podcast or is he on there? Sometimes is he on there all the time? Brandon's on the show, everybody. So give him a warm welcome. If you have not followed Brandon, you gotta go follow him. He's in the bio of the Instagram and the Twitter. It couldn't get any more official than this. That's right. Not only am I in the intro, I'm also on Instagram now. You you drunk wow. me back back to the world of Instagram. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, to be quite honest, I sort of bullied him. I was like, Brandon, <laughs> if you're going to be on the podcast, you got to get back on the internet. You have to exist. I can't keep filtering you. I can't keep filtering <laughs> you all these nice messages. You got to just get back on. It's nice to be on there. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, the first two weeks, if, you, if you're if you not on Instagram and then you join Instagram, the first two weeks, they don't give you any ads. It's like a drug dealer Whoa. just giving you a taste. I Whoa. had an ad-free experience for two weeks. I guess they were trying to figure out what kind of ads to give me. And yeah. I also had like a classic chronological feed. Like you could scroll to the end and then see yesterday's post. Yeah. But now I'm starting to get recommended things. I'm yeah. starting to get some ads, um, mostly Simpsons-related ads. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to give you a pro tip right here on the podcast. And this goes to anyone that gets annoyed by Instagram. When you see those suggested posts... Go ahead and hit those three little dots and snooze those bad boys. You can snooze oh, them for a month at a time. Them? Yeah, you can turn them off. And also, you can still... This is something that I notice people miss all the time, and I forget to do it. I get stuck on the suggested page all the time like a jackass. But if you go to the top of your Instagram and hit that Instagram button, you can still turn your chronological feed on. They just won't let you leave it on. Isn't that isn't that lame? That's I hate an, that. That's very annoying. They, yeah. they want to suck you in. They want that endless... The endlessness. Yeah, just let me leave it on if I want it on chronological. <laughs> just let me leave it on. Uh, and also, since we're in spooky season, Brandon's got a bit of a cough today. So if some of those make it into the oh, edit, yeah. you guys are just going to have to deal with it. Okay, it is what it is. I'm trying to edit these less. I'm trying to give you guys the raw and uncut <laughs> since it is greater than the raw. The raw coughs. Yeah, because listen, now that I have a co-host, I should I should have to do less editing, right? <laughs> Is this a, a ploy just to get me to edit the May, I mean, that's not what I'm saying, Brandon, but we'll see. Maybe I'll shoot a couple your way. Uh, so, you know, I always like to clarify, if you didn't read the title or the, the 
description of this episode, we're going to go over some of our favorite, some of the weirdest, some of the most accurate Treehouse of Horrors today, but not full episodes. We're going to do segments. So this is something we've never done. I want to give a big shout out to the Straight Chilling Podcast for letting me steal episodes from 2020 and 2021 that I was on to sort of help me fill out the month of October. I've been a little busy, but in those episodes, we sort of you know broke down a lot of Treehouse episodes and so I'm I'm in a bit of a list breakdown sort of mood. So I felt why not do something a little different, talk mostly about segments. So I'm excited. And Brandon and I have not discussed these at all. So we don't know if we have any There'd overlap. We don't know if they're different. We might be surprised. Who knows? I can't wait to hear the ones that you picked. I feel <laughs> like there's gonna be at least one that we both picked. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I almost had some standbys just in case on the fly to switch them, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it the real deal. Uh, but again, shout out to Straight Chilling. We also did an episode this year, and if you haven't listened to that yet, please go. We we talk about Treehouse 8, 9, and 10, and then we rank uh, the first 10 Treehouses from worst to best. So I, you know, that episode is really fun. I'm going to go ahead and throw that link in this description so you can go check that out if you haven't, even though I've been telling you to for, for a month. So everyone go do that, please. Um, we're also going to read some uh, thoughts from the listeners today also, in, in addition to our own thoughts. I'm going to get some of your opinions in the episode. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I think today's going to be a blast, Brandon. I really do. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's spooky season. October's the greatest month of the year. It's the only reason they even made months because they just needed to (laughs) fill in the other time around the best time of the year, which is October. Very, very very possible. Yeah, very possible. Uh, So Brandon, tell me in the spirit of that, how has the Halloween season been for you? I know you just took a bit of a trip. So give me a little rundown on how October has been for you so far before we get too far into this. It's been great. Uh, Yeah, my my wife and I just took a uh, kind of a two week trip in our van. We have a camper van that um, we we used to live in, but now we just travel in. And uh, the kind of the the central point for the trip was one of my really good friends um, that I used to work with. It was uh, getting married in Palm Springs. so. We decided to make a trip and just drive out there and drive back. Saw the Grand Canyon, which wow is a it's a big hole in the ground, but it's also a really cool to cool hole in the ground. Yeah, it, it is a grand <laughs> canyon. It's a grand hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also did a uh, did a lot of camping. Uh, we're we're this is maybe I really am Lisa Simpson. We're really big birders. My wife and I we like to look at birds and you know, do that whole thing. And like any good birder, we have like a list of birds that we have seen. We want to see, we saw some new birds. We also saw our 200th bird together. Wow. Which was the green-tailed toey. Wow. Uh, was very exciting. My God, a pigeon. That's the last bird on my list. <laughs> so long, suckers. So, Brandon, yeah, that is good. that is adorable. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that. That is, listen, everybody. I'm voting for Brandon and Lindsay as as best couple. I mean, honestly, that's the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, we walk around. We just stand very still, and with our little binoculars. And oh, what is that? It really, it, birding really like checks off a lot of the type A personality things. You get to keep lists. You get to like find things, solve solve puzzles. It's it's great. Brandon, and then don't, you get don't, to be in nature. It's good. Don't tempt me with a good time. I mean, that sounds like, you know, I don't don't get me. I don't need another hobby. That sounds too yeah, fun. That's right. like it, you can't fall into it and become obsessed. So. <laughs> I'm obsessed with enough things as every listener of this podcast fully recognizes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, tell me this. Have you watched any scary movies? Like what, what have you, have you made time for that this month? Have you been a little too busy? 
Oh yeah, no, we've definitely been watching scary movies. We um we every Halloween, kind of right before in September, we start our Halloween to watch list. As you should. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you know new stuff and also like things that we've both seen. There's also like you know we've been together for six years now, so there's this. There's still like a list of movies that I seen, I've seen, and she hasn't, or she has seen and I haven't. So we're still introducing each other to things that we used to love, which is always kind of fun. It's actually going to come up in this as we go through these treehouse wow. segments because it's um, you know, sometimes you you loved a thing and then you come back and watch it years later with fresh eyes and you either don't like it or you like it more in a different way and those things have happened. Um, one thing we watched we watched a movie called The Descent, which mm. was a British horror movie from like 2005 era um, about these cave divers that, uh, well, things just go horribly wrong. They oh, go cave diving. Oh, I did diving. see that. I did yeah. see that. Okay. It was, as, as you started describing pretty it. pretty rad. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had saw it in theaters. I didn't really remember anything about it. And then we, we watched it the other day and um, it was actually pretty rad. It's definitely <laughs> like a classic like horror movie has all kind of the tropes of a classic horror movie, you know, but it's, uh, it's pretty good. And then, uh, we've been, of course, watching what we do in the shadows, of the course. new season, which is, uh, we're five episodes in. It's so good. Yeah. So anyone good. that doesn't watch that show, let me just go ahead and, and ask you a, a sincere question. What is wrong with you? Yeah, just whatever you're doing, stop. Yeah. It's less important than watching this show. And there's never a better time to watch it than, than right now. It's the best. So, so there What you about go. you? Have you been watching any good stuff? Yeah. So I would say that in general, we have watched less spooky stuff than we normally do just because I've been very busy. We haven't had as much time to just sit and watch TV. But we just went and saw Smile the other oh, day. Oh, man. Good. And I thought it was great. I, you know, I had heard really good things about that it. That trailer gave me the creeps, man. Yeah. So I, you know, I had I had heard good things. I didn't know what to expect. Very good. A great modern take on a very unnerving concept cool. horror movie. So I really like that. I also recently watched X for the first time, and I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to watching Pearl, which is the prequel to that. Um, and if, if it's if it's if it's anywhere near as good as X, it's gonna be great. So I've cool. seen a couple heavy hitters, you know, we've been watching like some stuff here and there, what we do in the shadows, like I said. Um, and, and I've been sort of in the, uh, the more weird, like we've been watching some unsolved mysteries, like, nice. so a different kind of creepy this, yeah. this season, but still making some time. It's been good. That's real good. Um, well, in addition to that, tell me, what about Halloween candy? What are you, what have you been snacking on as far as Halloween candy? What is your favorite Halloween candy? Um, because that is something I always like to sort of mention in these episodes because it's a, it could be a high debate for people. So tell me. It really can. Um, I'll tell you what's not my favorite Halloween candy and it is, uh, wax lips. Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, my all time favorite, and this just goes for like any kind of candy, not just Halloween, all time favorite Reese cup. Just okay. love a Reese cup. I like all iterations of the Reese cup. You got you know, the standard one and then Halloween's the little bite-sized ones that have kind of a thicker chocolate top and bottom. Love me a Reese cup. Yeah. You can't go wrong with peanut butter and chocolate at any point. Uh, I'm big on the sour. Uh, I love the sour batch kids. I love the Twizzlers. I love the, the chewy sort of candy, but you cannot go wrong with peanut butter and chocolate at any point in time. You really Solid can. answer. For a, for a short time, uh, Reese's had a like limited edition Elvis Reese cup. Did you, did you know about this? Do you remember <laughs> I did this? Not. And I should because of where I'm from, but I did not. It was it was my everything. This is like 2006, 2007. 
It was a so, Reese's so it had cup. banana in it, right? It had a layer of banana cream on the bottom with peanut butter, and then it's the standard Reese's cup with a layer of banana cream inside. You put it in the freezer. And then you eat it. It was like heaven. That sounds and unbelievable. Anyone that has anyone that's never eaten a peanut butter and banana sandwich. That's another thing I'm going to ask you sincerely. <laughs> so what good. are you doing with your life? That's one of the peanut greatest things you can is eat. So good. Yeah. Um, Untouchable. When I even got the date when they they came out, it said on the package when they were going to like discontinue them because it was limited edition. And the last week, I went to the store and I bought an entire box of them and I kept them <laughs> in my freezer for like a year, just slowly eating them like. It was like sacred candy. Wow. Eventually, I ate the last one, and I, I, I still regret eating the last one because I could yeah. still have one more. Should have saved one. You should have saved all the packages and made a little, yeah. you know, a little candy <laughs> fort out of the out of the packages. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's cool, man. I always love to ask people's favorite Halloween candy because, you know, again, high debate, uh, varying yep. opinions. Some people, you know, once in a while, you meet somebody who doesn't like chocolate. But, I, you know, I'm always curious Monsters. to see what's going on. Yeah. I mean, hey, I agree with you. All right, Brandon. So let's get into it. We're going to talk it. about some of our favorite segments, some of the most accurate segments, and then some of the weirdest, possibly worst segments. I think you can kind of take that however you want. Uh, based on the answers we got from the listeners, people you know, had differing reasons. Like Just because it's weird doesn't mean it's bad, yep. but we're going to dig into all of that. And we're going to start, Brandon, with most accurate and as we finish each segment, we'll we'll talk about the listener responses and all of that. So um, I'm just going to kick it off, Brandon. Go My for number three, most accurate, Into the Homerverse. Listen, machine, there's no evidence that you contain any candy or take any money. But desperate times call for something, something. <laughs> the fact that you won't take my quarter proves you have candy. <laughs> From Treehouse of Horror 31. Now, it might surprise some people to see one from so late in the game, but I would argue that they almost get more accurate in the more recent seasons. Now, they put a spin on them, but this is so blatantly obvious to the source material. Truly just a great segment. If you haven't watched this Treehouse, the whole Treehouse 31 is great in general, but a very good one. So I'm going to read the synopsis here. In a parody of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Marge calls Homer to tell him to bring home the Halloween candy, but he ate it all. I mean, classic. Homer searches the nuclear power plant for candy and finds what he thinks is a vending machine. When he tries to put a quarter in it, it explodes. After waking up, Homer realizes that versions of him from the multiverse have appeared. The Homers become friends and spend time together around Springfield. Lisa realizes that the explosion opened a hole into the space-time continuum and tells Homer to recreate the explosion to fix it. It's amazing. I have yeah. not seen this, but it sounds great. Very good. So this is this comes as a, you know, not only a most accurate or on in the in the discussion for very accurate, a great segment and a great episode. So there's my number 3. Did they um did they mess around with the art styles the way that Spider-Verse does? Absolutely. Oh, you have a so you cool. have a noir Homer, you have like a very pixelated yes. Homer. They they actually bend it a little more than Spider-Man, which is very cool. They do some weird stuff. Um you get like video game Homer. Um just a very cool concept, very fun. It was very topical at the time, a little late, but uh I'm a I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I love Into the Spider-Verse. I think it's one of the best Spider-Man things I've ever done. Fantastic. So to see a parody of this, I was I was very excited. 
That's amazing. I'm going to watch it as soon as we get done recording. There you go. Sounds See, this great. is why we didn't talk about it, everybody. I want this to be real. Brandon, what is your number three? All right. Number three, most accurate parody, Omega Man. Jeez. What's with all the death? Oh my God. Everyone's gone. <laughs> Little Bart. Little Lisa. <laughs> Little Marge. And the rest. <laughs> oh, I've lost everything. I can't go on. No, no, no. I can't just wallow in sadness. It's time to laugh again. <laughs> I'm the last man alive. And I can do everything I've always wanted. Omega Man is from Treehouse 8. And it is a um, parody of the movie Omega Man, which I'll get into in a second. Let me read the synopsis real quick. Sure. Mayor Quimby makes an offensive joke about the French. And the president of France retaliates by sending an atomic bomb to Springfield. Homer survives the blast and thinks he is the last person left alive. But he's wrong. The people of Springfield have been turned into skin-eating mutants. (laughs) The mutants chase Homer into his home. Homer is surprised to find that Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie are alive and well. The layers of lead paint on the home protected them from the blast. The family then murders the mob of mutant townspeople. Amazing. So this is a parody of the Charlton Heston movie Omega Man, which is actually also an adaptation in itself of the uh, Richard Matheson novel, I Am Legend. Oh, wow. You might, Yeah, you might know I Am Legend because there was a Will Smith adaptation. This is a story yeah. that... They've tried to adapt several times. In the 90s, there was like an an adaptation in the works with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he played a scientist that survived everything. And anyway, that ended up in development hell. They never finished it. It is one of those stories that nobody can ever kind quite get right when they tell it. So like, it's kind of funny that this is the most accurate parody of the Simpsons Treehouse of a story that can never accurately be told, (laughs) I think is pretty funny. It, now, am I mistaken? Because this this came up on the Straight Chilling episode as well. Was there wasn't there also a Twilight Zone episode called the the Omega Man? Wasn't I think th- there is. Yeah, yeah didn't they also absolutely. try to do it in some way? Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because Richard Matheson. That's a name that uh, get get used to hearing it because I'm about to say it about forty times over the course of this episode. <laughs> he is a writer from. He was a sci fi writer from the fifties, and he ended up writing a lot of. Um, Twilight Zone episodes, but he also like a lot of Twilight Zone episodes were based off of his writings. He wrote Mm. short stories. If you've never read any of his short stories, especially Spooky Season, they're great. There's a great collection called Duel that has um, well, several of them ended up being turned into Simpsons Treehouse episodes in this collection. It's really, really great. Highly recommend. Isn't that something? That's yeah. I I have seen the movie, uh, the original movie. Uh, but it's been so long. I honestly could, if I was asked to describe it with a gun to my head, I would fail. <laughs> well, it's uh, pretty, but, it's pretty close to this, except for yeah. the whole president of a France thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say this about the, the Omega man. Um, I think it is one of, it's one of the funniest treehouse segments. Um, it has one of my favorite jokes, uh, that Ooh. I've mentioned a few times, which, which is one? every time, like when Homer is recounting his family and they're <laughs> swinging <laughs> the bat. Homer. Yeah, little, little Maggie. Yeah, everyone hits the ball except for Marge. That's right. Marge whiffs. And I just think that is such a clever, <laughs> funny joke 
that you hear <laughs> contact on every <laughs> ball except for Marge. You hear the you hear the home run, but Marge just a that's that so, is then, a perfect small joke. And then the rest of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a great one. That's that's one of my favorites. So I'm glad I'm glad it made it onto your list. That's awesome. Yeah, one of my but real quick for you. One of my favorite jokes is also in that episode, and it is when the bomb is being shot into Springfield, and oh, then yeah. comic book guys walking down the street, and he's like, "Aquaman, <laughs> you can't marry Wonder Woman. You're from two <laughs> different worlds." And then he looks up and he sees the bomb coming right at him, and he says, "Oh, I wasted my life." <laughs> yeah, well, so I mean, good. so many quotable jokes in that <laughs> segment, and it happens so fast. I mean, friends with mutants, no, thank you, or something yeah, to that's that. Right. <laughs> and it's so good. Um, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, not a spoiler; it did not make my list, but it almost did. So that's what uh, I will say as we as we keep cool. going. All right, so my number two, the Bart Zone. Well, class, the history of our country has been changed again to correspond with Bart's answers on yesterday's test. America was now discovered in 1942 by some guy. And our country isn't called America anymore. It's Bonerland. (laughs) Your attention, please. This is Principal Skinner. Bart, this one's for you. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by water. Baby, my Most tavern. Hold on, I'll check. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> from treehouse of horror two uh which that's is par- my number two. Oh my god see look here we go with, we already have the crossover here um obviously this is a parody of the good life which is a twilight zone episode this sort of comes in perfectly from what uh brandon was just saying i think this is one of my favorites because th- the way it ends it is very accurate uh, they even say some stuff almost line for line. They mirror some of the shots exactly. Uh, so if we're talking accurate, I feel like this almost has to be on there. So I'm not that surprised. Uh, I am surprised that it landed in the same spot. And, and same that, spot. That's pretty <laughs> that's wild. Pretty funny. Also, another one I almost did not pick. So I, it's just meant to be. I'll read the synopsis for as if any of you have not seen this. In Bart's nightmare, Springfield lives in fear of his omnipotent omnipotent. That's a hard word to say. I'm going to leave that in there. In fear of his omnipotent powers, including the ability to read minds, magically move objects, and turn living things into grotesque forms. When Homer refuses to turn off a football game so Bart can watch the Krusty the Clown show, Bart transports him to the football stadium in place of the ball for a field goal kick. As Homer creeps into the house trying to surprise him with a blow to the head, Bart transforms him into a jack-in-the-box after (laughs) Dart... After Dr. Marvin Monroe says Bart is desperate for attention from his father, Homer spends quality time with his son. Bart restores Homer's human form and they share a warm moment, causing Bart to wake up screaming. I mean, come on, just a perfect segment. So good. This this could have easily been on another list in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, there's so many great jokes, so much great styling, and it's also a perfect parody. I have two fun facts that are wrapped up together. Hit me with them, Brandon. I love it. Okay. So it's, as you said, a parody of a Twilight Zone episode. In the 
in the 80s, they made Twilight Zone the movie, which was very much like a treehouse uh, thing. It was an anthology. It was kind of three short films with little bookends that retold three, uh, three episodes of the Twilight Zone. One of them was this story. And though the 80s one, which was directed by, um, I think it was Toby Hooper. Anyway, it stars Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. You have a very young Nancy Cartwright in this episode that she will then later voice as Bart Simpson almost 10 years later. Isn't that crazy? That the screenplay for the film adaptation was written by Richard Matheson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. If if this didn't have to be on the list, then what did? You know, that's just insane. It's it's a it's the nexus of all Treehouse, I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I love Nancy Cartwright. She's been on this podcast. That the images of her from that movie, a little unnerving. She's looking a little, a little a little scary to me. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, by the way, anybody listening, go watch it just for this segment. It, the segment in the movie is amazing. There's some incredible creature and puppet effects. Wow. Like old school, no CGI, just amazing puppet effects that are kind of, they'll stick with you. They're pretty, pretty wonderful and horrifying. I am, I am due for a rewatch. It has been a while. So I'm going to, that's going on the one. list for the rest of the, the month. I got to get that in there. Uh, Cause anyone that's listening, we are recording this on Sunday, October 23rd. So this is, we're recording this just a couple of days before you're hearing it. So you're running out of time. Okay. You gotta, you gotta get them in while you can. It's going to be, it's going to be Thanksgiving before you know it. I know you're going to blink and it's going to be Christmas. So get ready for that. All right, Brandon. Well, I'm going to go into my number one, which I am now afraid will also be your number one. We'll see. (laughs) I think it's going to be. And that is The Shinning. (laughs) Hmm. Cable's out. I think I'll have a beer. Hmm. Not a drop in the house. What do you know? Homer, I'm impressed. You're taking this quite well. I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you. Homer! Sorry. Sorry. Don't worry. There's plenty I can do to keep myself occupied. Maybe I'll check out that axe collection. See you later. Mom, is Dad going to kill us? We're just going to have to wait and see. That's also my number one here. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) The Shinning from Treehouse of Horror, number five. I think we're going to have less crossover on the other ones, but... Again, there was a lot of candidates for this. There's actually a lot more accurate ones than than what some people might think. Like, you know, they some of them are almost too accurate to the point that I that I don't like them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is an example of like they really tell the Shining or the Shining, I should say. They really tell you the story of the Shining pretty much exactly in like seven minutes. It's amazing. They hit all of the major moments and they still managed to make it uniquely the Simpsons. Yeah. It's a perfect parody. So good. All right, let's read this synopsis. In a parody of The Shining, the Simpsons are employed as caretakers of Mr. Burns' haunted lodge while it is closed for the winter. Burns cuts the cable television wire and confiscates the beer, thinking this will ensure the family's hard work. When groundskeeper Willie discovers that Bart has the power to read his thoughts, he advises using it to summon him should Homer go insane. The deprivation of his two favorite things, beer and television, of course, causes Homer to go crazy. I mean, come on. What a what a perfect segment. Uh, the, the, the mirroring of the shots. You know, we talked about the same thing in the Bart zone. It really is just spot on and also so goddamn funny. Yeah, and I love the way, like a great parody 
they took some of the things that were very memorable about the movie and turned them into like really like blink and you miss them jokes. You know, yeah. Willie's sitting there watching the TV and behind him on the walls are two Scottish women scandally dressed hanging <laughs> on the walls is, a, is you know, Scatman Crothers and there's those nude photos hanging behind him. It's just weird. And then also, that's odd. The blood usually gets off on the second floor. Just <laughs> so good. The jokes are amazing. I also really love there's um I you know I I love the joke that keeps coming back and in this episode every single one of the segments Willie gets an axe to the back. Yeah. And it's just so great cuz you know he this final time he's like, "Oh, this is getting old. I'm tired of this." <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's so good. I mean, there are a million things that are memorable about this episode. Um I love the exchange with Mo. I love Homer. You know, Mo getting frustrated. He's like, look, kill your family. I'll give you a beer. Okay, just do it. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> he just gets so short-tempered with Homer. Um, if this doesn't come to mind immediately, like, this is the first thing I thought of Same. when we discussed this episode. So I, I knew it had to be on there. But I honestly, Brandon, I did think you were going to go a different way. And I'll explain why uh, mm. when I when I read these answers from, from the listeners. Because the, there is an answer that is a, a tad more obvious that didn't occur to me when I posed this question. And I wondered oh, if you were going to go with it or, you know, cause it didn't even occur to me till so many people said it. Um, so yeah, out of these three, the only one that the only one that Brandon needs to really watch is into the Homerverse. Yeah. So Brandon, get on that right away. That's going to surprise some people. All right. So I posed the same question on the bar of darkness Instagram and I wanted to see, uh, what, what people said. And the Raven was a oh, resounding response because people said, so, I mean, there's too many people that said the Raven, uh, you know, Tom bot toys, Mr. Bing bang, Jay Doucet, wax Mulman, uh, so many different people, uh, said the Raven, even Sam Grinberg, who is currently, uh, working as an artist on the Simpsons said, it's gotta be the Raven. Like that just has to be the answer because, and I'm trying to find, there's a person who said King Christian said, honestly, it's gotta be the Raven because it's basically word for word. But if it's not that it's the shinning. So I, I think at the end of the day, the Raven is sort of the most on the nose, but I think there's an argument that the shinning is just as on the nose. It's just not read. It's not a poem. So yeah. it can't be read in the same way. Um, for Laco, for Laco, sorry if I'm butchering that, said it's the Grand Pumpkin. S. Earhart92 said Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, which I also agree is very accurate. One. Um, but a lot of the shinning, a lot of the Raven, um, yeah, I had the Raven on my short list. It was kind of a Sophie's choice making this, uh, making this thing, but right. it didn't make the final cut in my mind. Yeah. And a lot of people did say, you know, uh, <laughs> the only reason I'm saying this is because it's, it's a poem and they read it, but, uh, our Miss Brooks said the twilight zone gremlin episode terror mm. at five and a half feet. I think that is also extremely accurate. Almost made my list. by Richard Matheson. There you go. There's that <laughs> name again. And it is basically scene for scene as well. Uh, a, a couple of people said the Island of Dr. Hibbert, which also oh, a good answer. That's a good one. That, that is also very accurate, but I mean, we're talking 80% of these answers are the Raven. So shout out to a couple of you that just said the third one. <laughs> uh, you didn't really give me a whole lot, but I did have a few people say terror at five and a half feet. Uh, Matt Sandriero, I'm butchering that name, also said that. Um, so yeah, it's, it seems like we were in the in the right ballpark. We just didn't say the Raven. So, yeah. so some people disagreed there. 
Um, and down machine, I will say this is one of the last responses. Uh, shout out to everyone that responded, by the way. There's way too many to just go through and read them, especially since so many of them say the Raven. But Down Machine said, honestly, any Twilight Zone reference, they basically nailed scene for scene. So that is also true. You could pick almost any of those, and and they're pretty spot on to the material. So um, yeah, I feel I feel like this is an exercise in finding three of the best, but the list could be so or most accurate, I should say, but the list could be so long. Yeah, it really could. I mean, they've done so many episodes and they've done so many amazing treehouse segments. It's just, this this was a hard exercise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's going to get even harder, Brandon. So let's go into the next one, which is weirdest and or worst. And I kind of regret it after I posed it that way, because I was like, well, weirdest doesn't mean worst. And I guess yeah. giving both options is kind of weird, but I feel like I landed somewhere in the middle. And I, I am confident that we're not going to have any crossover here. We're going to see. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to see. I'm also really excited to, to hear what the, uh, the, your Instagram followers have to say about this. this so am I, I, I looked through some of them. I have not read them all. So we're going to, the, it's funny on the first set, uh, there wasn't a whole lot to dissect because so many people said, Oh, it's this, this one, yeah. I think we'll have some more interesting answers. So we're going to go through those a little more in depth. Um, I'm going to let you kick it off, Brandon. Give me your number three first. All right. My number three weirdest or least favorite segment is the terror of Tiny Tune. Yeah. Hey, hey, tonight I'm going to suck your blood. Okay, get ready for the violentest, disemboweling-est, vomit-inducing-est, itchy and scratchy Halloween special ever! Hey! Sorry, but if I let you watch one of these gruesome Halloween cartoons, I'd be a pretty lousy mother. Um, that is from the Treehouse 9. Uh, read a quick synopsis. After putting plutonium batteries into the TV remote, Bart and Lisa are transported into the world of television. At first, Bart loves seeing Itchy and Scratchy in real life, but the cat and mouse quickly turn on him. Itchy and Scratchy chase Bart and Lisa through the channels trying to kill them. Eventually, Homer is able to free them from their TV prison, but also frees Itchy and Scratchy in the process. The family decides to keep them as pets. <laughs> now brandon i'm gonna say any hate mail you get for that answer is well warranted i love that segment so i'm surprised to hear that <laughs> yeah well actually so here's the this is the interesting thing that i mentioned kind of at the top of the, the podcast when i first put the list together i was just making it for memory and then i went to read the synopsis for this and i was like actually this is pretty fantastic. <laughs> like, it's really, really fantastic. It's weird. It and is I think very it more, weird. I think it more falls on the weird side of things than on the um the the not so great side of things. Right. I remember not caring so much for the the Regis Philbin part. It's yeah. kind of fun see them come into the the real world, but that's almost a, a rehash of another segment that we'll talk about a little it bit later. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, I actually really love the Chuck Jones style animation. Any chance that this animated show gets to move outside of their own style of animation is fantastic. And I, I actually w like went back and kind of revisited it and fell in love with this segment. <laughs> it's weird, 
but I enjoy it. It it is extremely weird and, and full of great jokes. I love. Uh, Bart being like, you know, easy, Lisa, I'm trying to relax. Like when they're falling from the sky. <laughs> yeah, going. Up. Yeah. So there's a lot of things about this one that made me laugh really hard. I love when Itchy turns scratchy into a jack-o'-lantern. Um, oh, yeah. Or jack-o'-lantern, I should say. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of visual things that stick with me, but it is, if, if we're going by weird, that definitely lands in that category for sure. It's definitely weird. Definitely sure. weird. All right. Well, so no crossover yet. My number three is Frankenstein. We never spoke again. Well, where is he now? Maybe I can help you two patch up your differences. Ah, uh, you'll need to patch up more than that. Whoa! Did a shark do that? Yes, he was testing out a new blood-based suntan lotion. You know, now that I have my hammer screwdriver, I could reanimate him without the needless switching of tools. <laughs> wow, that's always tedious and annoying. From Treehouse of Horror 14. Um, and I'll, I'll share some thoughts on this, but I'll read the synopsis first. So in a parody of the 1931 film Frankenstein, obviously Homer gets a call from the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences, telling him that he is the winner of the Nobel prize. However, Lisa learns that it is actually meant for professor Frank. Frank is depressed because his father an adventurer had a falling out with him and died from a shark bite before he could reconcile Frank who kept the corpse frozen, reanimates his father. Unfortunately, the revived Frank Sr. decides to steal body parts to improve himself. Eventually, Lisa convinces him to stop when he realizes he is causing his son anguish. Now, I don't hate this one at all, but it just, something about it has always sort of irked me. Like, there is like a quality to this one. Um, I think Treehouse is best when it is absurd but in a way that feels sort of how do i say this i almost said sincere it, it's it's absurd in a way that feels realized or like they actually knew where it was going this one in particular starts sort of a a, a wave in the show where they become a little more just like oh well we could make this this is ridiculous right and it just yeah. doesn't feel as funny in the way that i like treehouse to be funny uh there are good jokes in it uh it's jerry lewis uh, is the voice of his father, uh, which is like the basis for Frank's voice. So I think that is like, that's funny that's in its own good. way. Um, but it just, you know, it, it never quite hit the mark for me. So this is, not only is it very weird, you see him walk around, he steals body parts from comic book guy, he like takes his butt, he takes other people's arms, other people's brains. Like he does, it's just a very strange concept. So you know, I wouldn't say it's one of the worst, but it's one of the weirdest and it always has irked me slightly. So it makes a list. Yeah, that's it. I don't want to get too deep into the the waters of uh, tracking the progress of The Simpsons over all time because we could really get lost in that topic. We, we definitely could. But this is the era where, at least in my mind, The Simpsons got a little too irreverent for irreverence sake. Um, and that might have been because of the popularity of family guy and that kind sure. of humor was really popular at the time. Um, but yeah, I feel you. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it almost starts to feel just <clears throat> like a completely random string of events. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, we could get Jerry Lewis, so yeah. we should make this. <laughs> like, it just feels like it had less of a, it feels like it started at Z instead of a. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, it's, it's, it is funny. I don't want to act like I hate it because I mean, you all know me, it's hard to find. I mean, there are some that I hate, but it's harder to find those, but this one is just, it, it's a strange one. So if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. The whole treehouse is worth a watch, but it is strange. Yep. Uh, Brandon, what about number two? What you got? All right. No overlap yet. My number two, and this is one that is also pretty firmly in the weird column. Um, We'll get into it after I read the synopsis and everything, but it's Desperately Zeking Xena. Care for a Rulu, sweet Xena? All right, Collector, stick this in your tweezers. I'm not Xena. I'm an actress, you lunatic. Oh, please, I'm not insane. I simply wish to take you back to my lair and make you my bride. Oh, dear God. From Treehouse 10. Um, which is, I suppose, a parody of Fantastic Four. That's what they say. I, to me, it feels more like a parody of like Batman. Yeah, uh, maybe anything. it's just a parody of '60s comic books in general. Yeah, um, I was surprised when they when they like even the Wikipedia says that it's a it's Fantastic Four. I don't know if I agree with that, but I guess it's it's some some of the Wikipedia ones wrong. By the way, the Hugo one on Wikipedia doesn't say basket case. It does you not. To, it is incorrect. You need to submit that in there because I we, do. You heard it from the horse's mouth. So. It's true. All right. Desperately seeking Xena. Let's do a quick synopsis here. A malfunctioning x-ray machine turned Bart and Lisa into superheroes, stretch dude, and clobber girl. Lucy Lawless is abducted by a supervillain known as the Collector, who's played by comic book guy. Stretch dude and clobber girl then come to rescue Xena, Lucy Lawless, but they are captured as well. Lucy Lawless tricks the Collector by offering to marry him and then starts to fight him. He tries to fight back with a lightsaber, but panics when he realizes he opened the limited edition packaging. <laughs> he then falls into a vat of molten plastic. The end. <laughs> so, this, it's so weird. <laughs> it is very weird. I do want to stand up for this one a little bit, too. And I, and I know you're not you're not saying it's one of the worst necessarily, but um, this one to me is actually pretty, pretty spot on. I think Lucy Lawless is very funny yeah. in it. I think she does a great job. I actually really like the concept of Stretch Dude and Clobber Girl, and I like that they get it from having their their Halloween candy scanned. Like, yeah. I, I think the setup for that is funny, and there's a lot of things about this that I enjoy. I like seeing them do the yard work. This is one that I often, and again, on the Straight Chilling episode, everyone sort of hated. And I was like, really? no, I actually really like this one. I like the design of the collector. Um, I love the 60s sort of comic book aesthetic. And yeah. a lot of those sort of references are pretty good. You know, it's yeah. very um, Adam West Batman-y. Sure. And also just as someone who collects stuff, I, I mean, I know it's over the top, but I love seeing him, you know, open the lightsaber and then be like, oh, no, I opened it. You know, just like has this <laughs> yeah. moment of panic. I I think that stuff is is pretty funny. I also I like the joke about the breastplate. This is one that I I feel like I defend a lot, uh, yeah. but it is definitely weird. And it's unlike almost any other treehouse. Yeah, it's almost one of those like inside baseball sort of things. Like unless you are, you know, adjacent to sort of comic book culture and nerd culture, which you and I both obviously are, um, it can't, it's probably not going to be funny. Like I don't think that my mom would laugh so much at this. My mom thinks the shinning episode's hilarious, but she's not going to really get this episode. So maybe it just doesn't have as broad of an audience appeal. Sure. Um, it's, it's weird, but there's a lot, there's a lot to like about it for sure. Well, it's also one of those things where, 
and I talk about this a lot, if you're the type of person that, um, you know, feels a certain way about like an era of the Simpsons, I think if you go into this one with a negative mindset, you're probably going to find it kind of easy to hate, yeah. uh, which could be said for, you know, almost any like quote unquote modern uh, episode. But I do think that there's some really funny stuff in this one. And I think it's absurd enough in a way that I appreciate. And again, I think Lucy Lawless is very funny. So I, again, I, I defend this one a lot. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like That's I'm great. like taken up for it. I had to like fight for my life with the straight chilling crew about this one. But <laughs> Well, you don't have to one. fight for your life here. I, I'm with you. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. All right. My number two. So no crossover yet. Okay. No crossover. And, and we're dipping into like newer treehouse for this one. And I just want to say, I love this one. I want to preface by saying, I love this one. I do not consider it one of the worst. But if you don't think it's one of the weirdest, then clearly you've never seen it. And that is, mmm, Homer. Homie, we're home. <gasps> What's with the gloves? Um, uh, I was watching breakfast at Tiffany's and I thought I could be more elegant. Elegant? With your waistline? I don't think so. Actually, Homer, you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Well, I have been cutting back. That means something different to me than you. What's wrong with your leg? Nothing. It was perfect. From Treehouse 28. Um, so I'll just start off with the synopsis. I don't know if you've seen this one, Brandon. I have not. I've not okay, seen well, this here one. we go. This will be the first time. This parody of Survivor Type, which I have not seen, begins when Homer remains home while the rest of the family go on vacation with Patty and Selma. Homer gets comfy but ends up eating his food supplies, ending up with only vegetables before finding a frozen hot dog. Losing the hot dog to Santa's little helper, Homer accidentally cuts his finger off while grilling. He cooks the finger and eats it. He discovers how tasty it is, losing interest in other food when invited by Ned for lunch and starts cooking parts of his body before his family comes back. They become suspicious with Homer constantly wearing oven mitts to hide his severed fingers being 20 pounds thinner and walking with a limp. When Marge discovered Homer's self-cannibalism one night while he was frying his own severed leg, she takes him to an addiction counselor for help. But Mario Batali, in search of new ingredients, convinces a despondent and now missing the entire lower half of his body, Homer to cook his remaining body parts as ingredients sold at chef homer do you say when it has a z do you say shay i have no idea who knows shay homer i'm i'm not i guess i'm not cultured enough to know that as ingredients sold at shay homer and several other restaurants across springfield carl mentions that they are also eating barney gumble comic book guy and horse meat in heaven homer comments to jesus how he now shares people eating his body with him as the springfield residents have turned into cannibals Dude, that is wild. Yes. And <laughs> I, I'm I telling to, you. I had to stop from laughing while you're reading that. It was cracking me up. That's absolutely one of the most absurd plots I've ever, ever heard. <laughs> it is. It, but it is great. It is disturbing. It bothered me when I watched it. I was like, wow, they really did this. Um, but I can't even say that it's funny. I don't know. Like this is this was wearing oven mitts because he's eaten all of his. Yeah, like this is just such a bizarre thing that they did. Is it a parody of something in particular? Uh, It it says that it's Survivor type, but I've never seen Survivor type. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So the the synopsis is long, but I wanted to read the whole thing because I'm assuming there's a lot of you that haven't seen it, and I, I I need you to watch it. 
I, I really do think it's great. I want to be clear here. This is the weirdest, definitely not that the worst. Weird. It is an, it is a truly big swing, uh, that I appreciate. So that, that is firmly in my number two spot. That is so weird. And what a like grisly and strange topic for the Simpsons to try to parody. Right. It's just, I, I, I kind of want to watch it just to witness it. You know, you gotta watch. I'm <laughs> seeing Homer cooking his severed leg is one of the weirdest images <sighs> you will ever see in the Simpsons. It is, but there's also something very bizarre and sincere about how Homer wants to share his flavor with everyone. And, you know, even like the synopsis says, when he, when he goes to heaven, he comments to Jesus, he's basically being like, oh, I'm kind of like you. I share my body with people. Um, you know, and, and, and then Springfield, they're eating him. Like everyone is basically a cannibal now. Um, it's a bridge too far, man. It's so out there, man, but you gotta watch it. Uh, everyone listening, I expect you to cue it up immediately. Yeah, that's good. What you got next, Brandon? This is my number one weirdest, least favorite. This one is one and bring the hate mail. I don't care for this one. It's, it's also weird, but I also just don't really care for it. And we'll get into that. Um, it's Hell to Pay. Ah, morning, Homer. Ah, you're looking unusually focused this morning. Shut your squeal hole, booze jockey. I'm gonna, like, totally waste you. Ah, somebody's a grumpy Gus. What? <laughs> Yoink. Ah, for crying out loud. God. Oh From my Treehouse God. Nine. Brandon, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, read the synopsis real quick. So, first of all, Hell to Pay is a parody of a story also called Hell to Pay from the Amazing Stories TV series. Mm. Um, synopsis Snake is given the death penalty for smoking in the Quickie Mart. Apu, Mo, and Bart were the primary witnesses, so naturally, Snake vows to kill them all. After the execution, Dr. Nick Riviera, hi, Dr. Nick, gives Homer a <laughs> transplant of Snake's hair. The hair possesses Homer and turns him into Snake. As Snake, Homer murders Apu and Mo. In an attempt to protect Bart, Homer locks himself in a room with Bart. Homer fights back when the hair tries to possess him, rips the transplant off of his head. The hair transplant, now fully sentient, tries to smother Bart. <laughs> Eventually, Chief Wiggum bursts in and shoots the hair dead with a rain of bullets. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and defend this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, first of all, I think the name is so awfully, it's like horrendously clever. Uh, and I love that. I think that's yeah. very good. Um, but also this is one of those that to me is so ridiculous that I, that I like it. Like I like, I like that the people that witness this, or like, oh, he's like, oh, don't forget about Bart. He saw it too. Like, I think there's so many jokes in this that are so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, as dumb as it is that the hair is sentient, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one more, and then I'll hear all your thoughts, Brandon. This is another one of my favorite Marge jokes, arguably in any treehouse. Really? And it's when they make the pun at the end, and I'm going to drop that clip in. Now, that's what I call a bad hair day. Let <laughs> <laughs> me remind you that two people are dead. Oh, wait, I just got it. <laughs> 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 
And then they all start laughing. That's <laughs> yeah, that is really good. <laughs> it's really good. So, uh, yeah, but go ahead, Brandon. Let's hear your thoughts. Well, I mean, there's there's some great jokes in here. There, it's just one of those that it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I think the thing that bothers me is, like, I find something very, um, just like, visually upsetting of when Homer turns into Snake and they kind of change Homer's face a little bit and he's got yeah. the hair and everything. Like, Homer as Snake... It, like get, it got under my skin a little bit in a way that I could never fully relax and enjoy the jokes of the episode. <laughs> so maybe they did too good of a job. I'm not sure how you would describe that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Even the joke about uh, Apu, where it's like, oh, well, you know, the you know, he didn't suffer. And they're like, well, it looks like he suffered a lot, Chief. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's so, and he's like, oh, how long are you guys going to let me keep drinking this day? I, I don't know. This is one that I've also had to defend a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's really, I think there are so many good jokes that it saves, uh, the awkwardness of seeing Snake's voice come yeah. out. Of <laughs> yeah. I, I do like the joke when Homer pulls the, finally pulls the transplant off of his head. It's just a visual gag and the sound that it makes as he like tears it off and he has all these like little plugs left over. It's yeah. pretty, it's a pretty good gag. I also appreciate the hair latching on to Bart's face and Homer punching Bart in the face. I think that's all <laughs> funny too. Man, now that you're telling me all these, I'm starting to laugh. I'm thinking maybe I'm, I might be wrong. <laughs> no, there, there are people that don't like this one. It, it is, it is weird. It, it falls in the weird category. It's a yeah, weird one. for sure. Very strange. Well, let's hear what, let's hear what some people think. Whew, well, I got one more. Oh yeah, that's right. You go one more. My I got one more. And this one, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I believe this is the correct answer. Uh, okay. I think this is the arguably the weirdest and possibly the worst. And I want to preface and say that Carolyn Amine wrote this segment and I adore her. She is one of my favorite people I've ever had on this show. She has written so many hilarious episodes. Uh, she, her, you know, she doesn't need this on her resume to have a, a great resume. This doesn't affect her credibility in any way to me because she's done so many great, great, great episodes, but I cannot stand this segment and it is the diving bell and the butterball from Treehouse of Horror 22. Ah, Halloween. The one time a year when the squalor of our home worked to our advantage. <laughs> Where's that spider? Huh? <laughs> squeeze, squeeze! <laughs> squeeze, squeeze! <laughs> A real spider would get so mad if I did this. I wonder if this thing has batteries. Ah! Ah! It's alive! Ow! Uh, so, Brandon, I'm assuming you haven't seen this one either. No, I haven't seen this one. Okay. Well, here's the synopsis and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> In a parody of The Diving Bell and the Butterfly and Spider-Man, Homer begins to decorate the house for Halloween and is reaching for a decoration in a box. Unfortunately, there is a real Black Widow spider in the box, and when Homer grabs what he thinks is a plastic spider, he is bitten by it. The bite leaves Homer paralyzed and unable to speak. When Lisa reads for him, she discovers that he can communicate through farting. The Simpsons family is amazed as the result... <laughs> Brandon's face is so good. Uh, I wish you could all see it. The Simpsons family, the Simpson family is amazed at the result. And Lisa helps Homer tell Marge how he feels about her. 
when he is again bitten by another spider, a radioactive one this time, he gains the ability to shoot spider webs out of his rear end and have the same abilities as Spider-Man, though he is still unable to move or talk. Now, even this synopsis is almost like rolling its eyes as it is being read. Okay. Um, I appreciate the big swing that they took with this. I like that they tried to do a parody of the diving bell and the butterfly, which is apparently a very sincere and sad movie that I've never yes, seen. It is. Um, okay. So the fact that I'm glad to know <laughs> that that is accurate at least, but the fact that they tried to make something funny out of that, my hat's off to you. I respect the attempt. And also but, to like, also do a parody of Spider-Man at the same time. Did, did they just like take two notes that were on the writer's room wall and pull them together? Maybe the story was <laughs> falling a little thin and they're like, you know what? Be funny. We got a spider in here. Maybe we can just make him Spider-Man oh for a few minutes. Um, so again, Carolyn, if you ever hear this, I love you. Uh, you are great. You have written some of my favorite episodes. So nobody use this to discredit her at all. Uh, and, <laughs> and some of you might love it. I don't want to assume that everybody hates this segment. I mean, it just, I've never been big on like fart humor anyway. And yeah. I just think the premise is a little too uh, lowbrow for the Simpsons. It, it just never quite connected with me. And it, it's, it's kind of back to what we were saying about, it feels like idea salad. Like it feels like they just threw a bunch of things in there and said, this would be ridiculous. Let's make it. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't work. And I'm sure it went through a lot of changes. Maybe they had a hard time once they started on it. You know, I understand these things can happen, but it, it also seems like, like you said, it's a big swing. It's uh, somebody being like, I want to take this really sad, sad movie and make a Simpsons comedy parody of it, but make it also spooky for Halloween. It's, yeah. it's a big swing. Like, it's, let's, let's do a parody of Schindler's List. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I will say, Brandon, you at least got to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to watch all these just to, just to be part of the zeitgeist <laughs> well and also i you know again no shade to carolyn i would argue this treehouse in general 22 is one of the worst like if i made an all-time list mm. it would rank very low uh there there are a couple in this same episode that i could have picked for this if i'm being honest like there is a uh we don't have to get into that but there there it's just there are some misses that happen in this episode and this was season 23, which I think has some good episodes in it, but it's Man. just not the, the treehouse. It, it, that's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the followers uh, of Bard of Darkness think. Let me pull this up. That sounded like a very natural transition, didn't it, Brennan? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> all I'll right, never so, know. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right. So Jay Ducet 13. I'm going to read a few more of these uh, since they're not, you know, since they don't all say the Raven. Yep. Uh, Jay Deuce at 13 says the untitled Transformers parody. I would also agree that is a I weird one. I saw that one. I saw that one. That's a strange one. Um, Mr. Bing Bang says season nine Treehouse of Horror is not only the worst Halloween special, but is also one of my least favorite episodes. Wow. Okay. I don't know about all that. That's, that's got, that's, that's got hell to pay and terror of tiny tune in it. That is, uh, you know, Mr. What's Bing the Bang third segment. I'm going to agree gonna, with him. I'm going to disagree with you there, my friend. <laughs> um, all right. Tombot Toys, shout out to my man Tombot, said, Homer gets paralyzed and talks via farts. So he agrees with me. <laughs> that is the diving bell and the butterball. So yeah, Tom is on the same page. Uh, Otto is my boyfriend, said, the inside out fog segment in Treehouse of Horror 
five. I don't know how you hey, can say that. That's a great whoa, one. Whoa. But I hey, it's your opinion. That's okay, Otto. It's your opinion, but it's okay. And that part's so funny. <laughs> Uh, Randy Knight 7583 said Homer Spider-Man so I'm assuming he's also talking about the diving bell and the butterball uh, I don't think they did another Spider-Man thing well there's um, the into the Homer verse yeah but I, I I feel like it's a reference to Spider-Man but he's not Spider-Man so oh, okay. I'm assuming he's not I don't know if you're talking about that one Randy then we gotta have some words uh, <laughs> Jamal Fox says in recent seasons when Homer eats himself I cannot stand it <laughs> I, again you can feel how you want about that episode it is very strange but i love it uh sam grimberg once again coming through he said weirdest gotta be hell to pay but i love it nice so you, you're oh, half he's half with I'm you half in there I'm yeah, half he's there. half with you uh we have a few other people that said homer eating himself i got about three of those uh smeal mainly uh makasashi i'm butchering these names but they agree uh with homer eating himself uh <laughs> the mayor 88 says the one where homer is like spider-man just awful <laughs> so we got that a lot to of be hate. de facto of yeah. one a lot of hate for that a few that were on my list in here though which i didn't know homer eating himself is common but i also did pose it as weirdest slash and or worst so mm. i think most people are just saying weird uh let's see noah Noah L. Noah Alex Bryant says the Sherlock Holmes parody. That one's okay. It is weird. Definitely makes that would be fair for the list. Uh, the one where Homer is a cannibal, Homer eating himself. Um, a stare for life said nightmare on Elm Street for being terrifying and the fart one. So I, I disagree <laughs> with the first part of your answer. I yep. I agree with the second one. Um. That's also Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, a stare, not to correct you. But um, Jen Martin 429 says when Homer gets bit by a spider and he can only speak through just, farting. It's either the cannibal one or the, the fart one. I like um, it's just the fart one. The fart one is, I think it has to be the answer, Carolyn. I'm so sorry. Flesh Control says, I think the dolphin one was the worst. Now, I will say this. That is also a Carolyn Amine one that I also defend often because I think it's very funny. I haven't seen the dolphin one. Not, yeah, the, it's the one where all the dolphins speak perfect English and they run all the people off of out of Springfield into the ocean. Very good. It's called Night of the Dolphin. Very good one. I'm surprised you haven't seen that one, Brandon. It's pretty I early. Haven't seen that one. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Brandon, I'll have to see, look it up. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make all all of you send some hate mail to Brandon for slacking on a few of these. Let's I do know. that. I need to I need to do some serious Simpsons homework. <laughs> uh, we got a couple more for Untitled Robot parody. Um, uh, super secret snack club says the Harry Potter school segment. Now I, that almost made my list. I will say this for that one. Now this is not one I defend heavily cause I don't really care for it that much. I think it's pretty good. Um, but the one thing I will say for it, that is a defense of it is that this was conceptualized and released before the movie. So Whoa. I will give them credit for being, they were fans of the book. They made this episode this episode was in the works at the same time as the movie and came out before the movie. Wow. So if you, if you look at it with that in mind, I think it does make it a little better. So credit, credit to them for that. Uh, Jay Nadon says the attack of the 50 foot eyesores. One of my Just favorites. Just don't look. Just don't look. So good. Let's read a few more. Challenge accepted 3.6 said married to the blob. This also mm. almost made my list. I Not a huge fan one. of it. Some good jokes in it though. Yeah, I watched that one last year, and uh, I remember just kind of 
my brain was turned off for I just felt nothing while I was watching it, yeah. which is probably not a good sign. No offense to whoever wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's you know, again, they were trying some new things in those seasons. Yeah, got a little stale sometimes. Um, who Daniel is says the Mad Men parody is probably my least favorite. Also, a very good answer, a good candidate for number one. Don't love that one either. Um, Animal Simpsons says I find the worst and weirdest hex and the city with the gypsy and the leprechaun. Now this also almost made my list. It's a very strange one. There are some jokes that do not feel like Simpsons jokes that always rub me the wrong way. Yeah. I do not like the, you know, stroke me clover joke. There are just some things that I could do without in, yeah. that, in that segment. Um, and let's see, I'll read one more. Uh, 523 says worst, the Harry Potter or parasite uh, segment. I did not hate the parasite one. That's a more recent one. I think it's okay. Uh, weirdest Homer, the blob eating homeless people. So yep. that is, that is another reason that one is a good candidate. It's a strange, uh, premise, some cool visual stuff in it though. Yeah. The, the animation and the way they sort of did the blob thing was really, I think really well done. You yeah. know, that's that, the, the great thing, like we talked about in the clown stays in the picture, one of the, the reasons that modern Simpsons is so great is because I feel like the style animation style is fully realized now. And it's just, so beautiful and so totally great. totally agree Just with that eye candy once again shout out to everyone that responded to these questions i'm going to try to utilize this a little more uh now that i have brandon now that i have you know sort of a permanent co-host because I, f- I felt like before i didn't really have someone with me to do that sort of thing so i didn't do it as often unless i brought on botter or someone so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna well, I'll be posing more questions. So make sure you follow Bart of darkness if you don't for some reason make sure you follow the podcast instagram i'll probably use both but thanks for all the responses we'll have some more after this third segment yeah um and this one is the most fun one this is our favorites um so brent i'm curious was this hard for you was it hard for you to pick a favorite oh my gosh yes because it was we there's only three and i had a list of like 20 <laughs> that were my favorite it was very difficult and even getting down like you know getting down i kind of got down to five pretty easy but like deciding which two to cut was very difficult for me um there's just so many good ones and like you know if you love The Simpsons, you really, really, really love Treehouse of Horror because it's it's just such a bright star in The Simpsons universe. It was very hard. Yeah, it, it is tough. I feel like I've been in full Treehouse mode lately. Uh, so, so I feel like I had a bit, I won't say a leg up, but I felt pretty tuned in. Like I was like, I think I know my answers. Um, but there were some that I definitely, you know, I could have I could have made a, a 10 tier list pretty easily. Um but no, I, I feel good about what I picked. Do you want to kick us off with number three, Brandon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, number three, this one came to my mind immediately. It was pretty, pretty easy. Um, is Homer Cubed. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Homer, where are you? Uh, I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. Do you see towels? If you see towels, you're probably in the linen closet again. Just a second. No, it's a place I've never been before. <clears throat> the shower. <laughs> hey. Okay. It's nice. Actually spelled Homer with a three is the E backwards. There you but, go. Um, this is from Treehouse Six. Let me read the synopsis real quick. When Patty and Selma come to visit, Homer and the kids hide around the house to avoid visiting. Homer discovers a portal to the third dimension behind the bookcase and disappears into it. 
While in the third dimension, Homer accidentally kicks a 3D cone, which causes a tear in the fabric of space-time. Homer <laughs> shouts out for help. Miraculously, the family can hear him. Chief Wiggum, Ned Flanders, Grandpa Simpson, and even Professor Frank show up to try to save Homer. As the hole in space-time widens, Bart jumps into the portal to try to save him. The dimension collapses and Homer is spit out into the real human world, where he discovers an erotic cake shop. The end. Man, come on. What a fantastic episode. So Absolutely. good. Yeah, so good. Um, I mean, all bangers in that one. It's just uh, so many great jokes, so many really funny things. And then also, we it's the first time officially we get to see one of two of the Simpsons in the third dimension wonderful stuff um yeah. this is based off of lost little girl which is a twilight up uh, twilight zone episode which was based on a short story by you guessed it richard matheson would you come on with that there that is, is insane that is crazy you weren't kidding when you said you were gonna say that a bunch he's all over the place <laughs> i also uh if, if you'll allow me to be lisa simpson and nerd out for just a moment by all means cannot talk about this episode without talking about the 3d animation it it's really like for the Simpsons, really great at the time was pretty revolutionary. And it actually this episode is an important piece of animation history because it forever changed the industry in a way and set off um, set off a few things that uh, everyone knows and loves today that probably they don't know are connected to it. So the studio that was hired to do the 3D animation, because uh, Film Roman didn't do that sort of thing, they had a higher studio, was a small animation studio called PDI, which meant it stood for Pacific Digital Images, I think. Mm -hmm. um, they had mainly done commercials at this point, like the Pillsbury Doughboy, which we all might remember, the 3D Pillsbury Doughboy, and a couple of small parts in movies. So they hadn't really done much. They were looking for exposure, and this was kind of a really good opportunity for them. And they really nailed the 3D animation, I feel. Oh, yeah. This came out one month before Toy Story, which was the first 3D animated film of all time, for those that don't know that. It was an absolute turning point in film history. Well, so a month before this comes out, and DreamWorks, who wanted to do 3D films, they wanted to compete with Pixar because of this whole other story, which I won't get into. Um, they saw this animated bit in The Simpsons and hired PDI to make the film Ants. And eventually they bought PDI and formed DreamWorks Animation, which made Shrek and all of these wow. things. These are the same people that animated Homer in 3D. <laughs> and it all came out of this episode. Just, just amazing uh, how, how such a seemingly small thing can kind of, you know, just like a snowball running downhill God. turning into an avalanche kind of yeah, cool what a cool thing i yeah i've read a little bit about that in the past i thought that was so cool it also was not cheap i mean they even make jokes in the segment about how this feels expensive you know like yeah. <laughs> i mean so it was definitely something that you just did not see and yeah. uh i think we talk about big swings that do work this is one of those things that's just so great um arguably a little disturbing i mean they basically hear their their dad die so. Yeah, disappear into uh, another dimension, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. and what a, what a great idea. This this story also uh, was loosely adapted or inspired um, a, the, the famous sequence from the Poltergeist movie where the little girl disappears into the TV, which... So it, it's, it's got this, this one segment has long tendrils that kind of reach everywhere. It's, it's great. And it's funny. 
on top of it all. Absolutely. And then, you know, at, you're listening to this episode now, everybody, and there's probably clips surrounding most of these that we're discussing, but I'm going to drop in the clip right here of Bart and Lisa talking about taking Patty and Selma's coats because, God damn it, I love that joke. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> How's it hanging, Marge? Ugh. I'm baking like a meatloaf under this wet wall. Uh, may I take your coat, Aunt Selma? Um, I would also like to take your coat. Yeah, this is a great episode, and I... Or a great segment. We keep saying episodes. I mean, most of these you can say are great episodes, uh, but this segment is is truly unique. Great pick, Brandon. Love that. All right, number three for me. Easy Bake Coven, baby, from Treehouse of Horror Eight. Goody Simpson is entitled to due process. Okay, here's how the process works. You sit on the broom, and we shove you off the cliff. What? Well, hear me out. If you're innocent, you will fall to an honorable Christian death. If, however, you are the bride of Satan, you will surely fly your broom to safety. At that point, you will report back here for torture and beheading. Tough, but fair. Stop! Doesn't the Bible say, judge not lest ye be judged? The Bible says a lot of things. Shover! sisters, we have performed the Lord's work and sent a good woman into his waiting. <laughs> okay, now, let's not jump to conclusions, everyone. Well, I'll be a son of a witch. This is one of my, I recently discovered that this is one of my favorites of any treehouse. I've always liked it, but when I started making this list, I was like, honestly, this one really stands out. It's focused around Marge and her sisters. It's this cool little origin of Halloween. Tons of great jokes. Arguably one of the most Halloween-feeling Treehouse segments, period. Uh, so there's just so much to like about this, Brandon. And based on your reaction, do we have some overlap? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. I um, used to really not like this episode. Mm. Or at least I told myself I didn't like it. I would always skip it. I don't know why. I saw it originally when it came out on TV. And then after that, I it left. I don't know. I was maybe having a bad day. <laughs> and um, last year, I was watching Treehouse. And this one came on. And I decided, I'm just going to watch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. And I fell in love with it last so year. I was good. like, what was wrong with me? Why did I think this was so bad? It's just a, just goes to show you, like, everyone check your opinions on things. Because they can change. You can be wrong. It It all yeah. changes, man. I, I mean, once, once so you funny. see that caramel cod, I mean, if that's not, you know, uh, <laughs> let me read the synopsis here. Uh, in 1649, the town is witness to many witch burnings in the church. The townspeople try to figure out whom to condemn next. People begin accusing others and soon they erupt into chaos until Marge intervenes. She tries to talk sense into the townspeople, but Mo accuses her of being a witch Quimby assures her that she is entitled to due process, which means she will be thrown off a cliff with a broomstick. If she is a witch, she will be able to fly to safety, in which case the authorities expect her to report back for punishment. <laughs> if she is not a witch, then she will fall to an honorable Christian death. After being shoved off the cliff, Marge flies up on the broomstick, revealing that she really is a witch and vows to conquer the whole town. So I love seeing Marge green as a witch. I love all the jokes that Patty and Selma make. If I'd known you were coming, I would have baked a cat. I mean, there's just so many <laughs> good jokes. The nude eyes joke, which I'm going to drop right here. 
needs more Eye of Newt. You always want more Eye of Newt. If it were up to you, the brew would be nothing but Newt eyes. Just a perfect joke. Um, so there is, you know, again, so many things to love about this one. And I think some of you might not realize it's one of your favorites, but if you watch it this this year, if you watch it right now, I think you'll agree with me. That's what happened to me. It's so great. I really love the 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 turn that happens in the episode because you think that Marge isn't a witch, and then ah, she is. And of course, Patty and Selma are witches. They make like the image of Patty and Selma standing around a cauldron. Perfect. Just so good. Perfect. It's great. And there's just so many really wonderful. Um, they do a good job of making it a period piece and bringing in the sort of period to the jokes in the Simpsons world. It's just really sharp, really funny. So good. So again, go watch that one. Uh, I could I could honestly spend 15 minutes saying all the jokes from it that I think are funny. I mean, Ned saying, oh, that'll be the day. What was that, Ned? Oh, nothing. You know, there's just so many, <laughs> so many great jokes. So I, I will I will leave it at that. Brandon, give me your number two. Number two. Um, I'm about to have beef with one of your followers because it is Nightmare and Evergreen Terrace. And then he raped me across the chest. And the weirdest thing was, it was that school janitor who mysteriously disappeared, Groundskeeper Willie. Oh my God, Bart, Groundskeeper Willie was in my nightmare too, but he got me with hedge clippers. He ran his floor buffer over me. <laughs> Children, I couldn't help monitoring your conversation. There's no mystery about Willie why he simply disappeared. Now, let's have no more curiosity about this bizarre cover-up. So good. Treehouse 6. So I'm a good. huge, huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, so that probably folds into this, but I'll cover all that. Let's read a synopsis. The children of Springfield start having scary dreams in which groundskeeper Willie tries to murder them. The dreams begin to have real consequences, and Willie kills Martin while he is napping at school. Bart and Lisa discover that their parents know more than they are leading on about Willie. Homer kind of, sort of, accidentally murdered Willie, burning him alive at a PTA meeting. <laughs> Willie swore to get revenge by killing the children of Springfield in their sleep. Bart and Lisa decide that the only way they can beat him is by going into the dream world and fighting him. Willie gets the best of Bart and Lisa by turning into a giant bagpipe spider, and at the last second, Maggie saves the day by putting a pacifier in his blowhole. The episode ends with Willie showing up in the real world to kill Bart and Lisa, but realizes he left his gun on the seat of the bus as it drives away. <laughs> so Willie, funny. please, Mr. So, Van Houten has the floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't like the idea of my millhouse having two spaghetti mills in one day <laughs> as he burns alive. God, and also, so one of my favorite jokes ever is it was the 13th day of the 13th month. We were there to discuss the misprinted calendars. Yeah. Lousy, smart weather. So well, it, funny. It's so good. And also, again, another one that's pretty gruesome. I mean, you know, they, they see Martin die. Like yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's a little disturbing if you really, if you forget that you're watching The Simpsons. Like if you saw something like that, it would be so traumatic. You Absolutely. Just, you know, uh, it kind of reminds me of some of the stuff you see in Smile. So oh, I mean, if, if you like that sort of thing, go see that. It's another plug for that. But it's just such a good episode. And it, it's unusual. It focuses around characters that are not just the main family. So I always yeah. love to see that. And I think that casting Willie as Freddy Krueger is absolutely inspired. Somebody was struck by lightning when they thought of that. It's <laughs> so perfect. 
<laughs> it is so good. One of my favorites, I forget who said that, who responded with that answer, but you are incorrect, my friend. I mean, even the joke with Krusty and Bart with the Super Bowl, just great. <laughs> yeah. So good. He's like, oh, call me back later. <laughs> dream of, don't dream of me again anymore. Yeah, don't, That's what don't, don't dream about me no more, kid. Um, <laughs> so good. All right. So my number two, and this is, again, I feel like I'm putting a lot on these lists that I have to defend often. And this is one that I defend every year. And that is the Genesis tub. So how are my little Stone Age tub dwellers? Oh my gosh. They're evolving so quickly. They've already reached the Renaissance. Wait. One of them is nailing something to the door of the cathedral. I've created Lutherans. From Treehouse of Horror 7. Uh, this is a parody of The Little People, another Twilight Zone episode. Uh, so let's read a synopsis. I'm assuming we have some overlap, Brandon. That's my number one. <laughs> oh, go on. Uh, in preparation for the school science fair, Lisa performs an experiment in a Petri dish to see if cola will dissolve her baby tooth. Bart gives Lisa a static electric shock, claiming it is part of his project to prove that nerds conduct electricity. The electric charge is then passed onto the tooth when Lisa tries to touch it, causing it to undergo an unusual reaction, which creates a race of miniature beings. Now, again, this is one of those, like some of my other picks, that I could just sit here and give quote after quote after quote. Um, these aren't waffles. These are just square pancakes. I mean, these are things that I laugh about. These are things I laugh about way too much. Oh, um, so good. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Like I said, this was actually my number one, my number one favorite. We have some other, I do have a safety in the background that we can, we can, we can fall to, but we can do that too. But tell me why it's, tell me why it's your number truthfully, one. Truthfully, you know, I, I mean, Bart and Lisa's story is always great. I love the, I love any time there's sort of um, the rivalry between the siblings, you know, Bart is an older brother and he is a bit of a punk to Lisa, which is great. All of the jokes are just so funny. I love what when the squadron of spaceships attack Bart and they fly through his head and out the other side and it <laughs> seemingly has no effect on him. Right. <laughs> so it's showing that maybe he is a little more Homer than we all realize. Yeah. Um, a little pea-brained. Yeah, a little pea-brained. They're just so funny. And then Professor Frink, he has shown up in several of these, I'm realizing. He uh I always enjoy when he shows up, but the miniature Professor Frink. So a rebigulator. That's a ridiculous concept. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything about it from. And so I often talk about how Yardley Smith has some of the funniest reads that she doesn't get credit for. So good. And this is an example. Well, it's not that she doesn't get credit for them, but I just don't think she's often in the conversation of like, oh, that was a funny read. It's usually like, oh, that was a great Joke. emotional read or a sincere read. I think everything she says in the Genesis tub is so fucking funny um shouldn't you people be groveling i mean just everything uh is <laughs> oh, great I'll get, I'll get her some socks she's gonna want socks yeah like it's just every <laughs> little thing that she says like even ooh waffles yeah is yeah. so good like it just they're, it just those little things you're right. make the difference I, I just and there's also um oh my god they're lutherans <laughs> yeah. or i made lutherans yeah and then uh the final line give me the gift certificate right <laughs> So, so good. And from an animation standpoint, which I'm sure you can speak to, a lot of the shots and a lot of the things they do in the segment are very unique. I know they had to use, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they had to use 
a different type of animation to do the shots with the 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 fighter jets. Yeah, they laid them out in 3D basically. Right. Um and then drew from there, which was kind of a, a it was it was a really early like animatic style. It eventually became called animatics, but at the time they didn't have that um which kind of it was it was an early stuff. It's them experimenting with modern technologies, you know, much in the way they did with Homer and all that, which is pretty cool. Always cool to see. I know I talked about this segment in another episode, maybe last year, and I sort of went into a little detail about that. I just find that interesting too. They were trying new things, but even from a traditional animation standpoint, like the shots, like the views up from the tub of Bart and all of these things, just just a just a perfect one that I can't believe I've heard people say is their least favorite of this episode. So it's so great. The design is so wonderful of the the small town and the like through the periods too, like once it gets to the space age. It's so so good. Love yeah, that. This episode. this one just ticks every box for me. So I it had to make the list. It's perfect, man. It's so good. So there you go. Um my number 1 and I'm happy that we didn't have overlap on this, although I'm sorry I stole your number 1 is The Devil and Homer Simpson. All right. Stay calm. Remember your training. Dear Homer, I owe you one emergency donut signed Homer. Bastard! He's always one step ahead. I'd sell my soul for a donut. Well, that can be arranged. Flanders! You're the devil? (laughs) It's always the one you least suspect. Now... Many people offer to sell their souls without reflecting upon the grave ramifications. Do you have a donut or not? Coming up. Just sign here. Careful, hot pen. Hmm. Who's that goat-legged fellow? I like the cut of his jib. Uh, Prince of Darkness, sir. He's your 11 o'clock. From Treehouse of Horror 4. I, you know, I. this is the one that I had to sort of battle myself on to pick number one. It was almost Genesis Tub. But I was like, is that really my favorite or do I just really love it? So this one I had to kick around. I I almost changed it a couple of times. But I think if we're talking Treehouse and we're talking like immediately recognizable, classic absurdity, very funny, unique versions of characters that you don't always see, images you cannot forget. I think this is like near the top of the list for anyone. So I'll read the synopsis and we'll we'll talk about it. In a parody of The Devil and Daniel Webster, at work, Homer states that he would sell his soul for a donut after finding out that Lenny and Carl took all the donuts and threw them at an old man, Grandpa, for kicks. The Devil, revealed to be Ned Flanders, appears and offers Homer a contract to seal the deal. However, before Homer finishes the donut, he realizes that Ned will not be able to have his soul if he does not eat all of the donut and keeps the final piece in the refrigerator. Now that would obviously be daddy's soul donut. <laughs> Don't eat daddy's soul donut. Come on. Now I just, I love this one so much. I think it's a classic. Uh, it has Lionel Hutz in it. So that's always going to win it some points for me. So when I really dissected it, this just had to be it. It's so great. I mean, there's so many great images, like you said, that you immediately think of. And just the whole trial sequence in the living room is just kind of absurd and wonderful you know that the jury is a it's a hockey team yeah it's just so <laughs> I forget many which hockey just team but so it's many very dan- specific the philadelphia flyers i think or am i ever- <laughs> yeah that sounds right that's i'm drawing right a blank me. now there's like there's like a reason they pick them but um it's just one of those things where multiple lines from this immediately jump to mind anytime i think treehouse 
even Lionel Hutz, it's rare to see him not in a normal episode. And his read of what is a contract Webster's <laughs> defines and then just ruins his own case before running to the bathroom and climbing out the window. So there are just too many things about this one that immediately jumped to mind for me. So it had to take the number one spot. Some some love to the late, great Phil Hartman, God. one of the all-time greatest. Oh, so, so good. Some, someone that I know, I just know, would be making the funniest and pro- possibly some of the best serious stuff of his career if he were still with us. I know he'd be doing yeah. something really special. Absolutely. I also love seeing um, Ned Flanders as the devil with the backwards hooven legs. Like, just that that image alone is really really hilarious and kind of iconic and classic even yeah. though it's has such a short lifespan in the the, the grand scheme of the simpsons careful it, hot pen it's yeah it's absolutely <laughs> so good <laughs> it's great well let's see what the let's see what the followers thought about yeah. this question and and i only posed to the when I put it on Instagram, I said, what is your favorite? I didn't want everyone to have to pick three. So yep. let's see what we got here. I'm going to start a little more towards the bottom. A lot of responses to this one. Uh, so Frankie Pastorelli said, finding out Bart is the evil twin is their favorite moment. I like that. Uh, Zach by popular demand. Nice screen name, Zach. Uh, <laughs> now, this is one that I wanted to include, but I just couldn't make it on any of the lists. But it's Homer saying, guess I forgot to put the fog lights in, <laughs> which I also am constantly defending. That's because a good I, reading. That's I think really the segment is not that good. This is obviously the I Know What You Did Last Summer parody, yeah. but it has so many jokes that I love. So this one is like one I also defend often. Um, the fog lights joke is great. The sugar, you know, just Homer doing his little sing song. Fantastic. Uh, Chris Stitch said, it's got to be a tie between the Raven and Burns as Dracula. Um, can't go wrong with either one of those. 523 says, no beer and no TV make Homer something something. And if it's not that, it's chasing, it's Homer chasing Bart with an axe and Fly versus Fly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. So good. Oh, Fly versus Fly. Man, really good. A good one. I know. Can't, so can't good. Can't believe it just now came up on this episode. <laughs> Liam Sullivan 92 agrees with me. He says, The Devil and Homer Simpson. I had the Heaven and Hell VHS when I was a kid. I watched it every weekend. So wow. I, there also could be something tied to that for me also, because that is one of the tree houses that they put on. Uh, one of the VHS uh, yeah. collections that they did. So I have seen it a lot, maybe more than I've seen some of the other ones. Um, Joe Bash in 98 said Homer in the third dimension. So there you go, Brandon. Yes. Uh, I'm with you, Joe. <laughs> S. Earhart 92 said 50 foot eyesores when they shoot the starting center basketball player. That is a great oh. moment. <laughs> About that so Chief, that was the captain of the of the basketball team. Uh, he was turning into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone someone said that their favorite is when Homer eats himself. ID IDC River nine nine nine. Controversial so, opinion. Controversial opinion. I like it. Animal Simpsons chimes in again. They said groundskeeper Willie as Freddy Krueger takes the prize for me. So, I mean, hard to argue with that. Suffer Louder says, this is indeed a disturbing universe. That's a good one. Great moment. For Laco says, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace is their all-time favorite. I agree with that. It's a good one. Well, I don't agree that it's my all-time favorite, but I like that answer, I should say. Challenge Accepted 3.6 writes in again. He says, I don't understand. James Coco went mad in 15 minutes. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was, I mean, again, backing up my, my answer here. Um, King and Kodos posing as Clinton and Dole from who Daniel hey, is. Uh, Flanders was a zombie from oh, Cot DM 95. I wrote, so good. I wrote that quote down in my notes to bring up at some point. <laughs> so good. Um, cute T cat says Wiggum can't pronounce Apu's last name. So he's just arresting Homer for Moe's death. <laughs> a great moment. Uh, we'll read a few more. Kentucky Jess says easy bait coven when Marge's hair explodes into bats. Oh, that is pretty cool. Also very good. Um, drizzle Dre 87 says when Flanders is Satan, but also when Mr. Burns is Dracula. Again, those are both iconic. You couldn't go wrong with either one of those. Um, we got a few people that said the Raven was their favorite moment. Uh, JN Adon says the monkey's paw is his favorite mm-hmm. moment. Also great. Uh, the Emily J says the Frogert scene. So many, so many great responses. Uh, Leatherface said Homer and Homer cubed when he sees the erotic cakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. All of the shinning says Owen Grady. Uh, run live thrift says the shinning beer makes Homer something, something, uh, comics, a go-go says dial Z for zombies. So good. Uh, Schmiel mainly says hungry are the damned. Uh, Matt Sandrario says attack of the 50 foot eyesore. So there's some love for that one, even though a couple people uh, did not love it. And I got, <laughs> because I agree so wholeheartedly, I'm also going to read Sam Grimberg's. He says, look, Marge, Maggie lost her baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> Also from a segment I don't love, but such a great moment. So good. So yeah, I, again, I appreciate all the responses from everybody. It's always nice yeah, to get some, some context as to what you think is the best or the worst or the weirdest, even though sometimes I think you're a little crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Here. I, I wish that we could just have everybody on the podcast. I know it would just, it'd be, it'd be insanity. Yeah. It would be insane. That'd be a hell of a zoom call. I don't know if my computer can handle that, <laughs> yeah. but there, but every question I posed had so many responses. So again, I will be using that a little more moving forward. We'll try to include some, you know, some listener responses in the podcast. Uh, Brandon, this was a blast, man. So much uh, fun. Halloween rules, Treehouse of Horror rules. I hope if all of you have not been having a Treehouse of Horror marathon or just watching something scary, even if it's like a cooking show, uh, I hope you're making time for that in this final week leading up to Halloween. Um, Did you know that there, and I got to mention this too, I made a note of this. Did you know, Brandon, that they're actually doing two Treehouse of Horrors this year? Two. Whoa. Are they they going to both come out on the same day or are they no. staggering so them? I realize my question sounded very scripted, but it was not, but they, I, so this is something I feel like a lot of you might've missed. Uh, at the time of this recording, which again is Sunday, October 23rd, we are getting a full length, uh, Trials of Horror tonight. That is only one segment. That is the it parody. And so ah. it is a normal episode length. It's a Trials of Horror presents. It's one story. And then next week, the day before Halloween, we are getting a normal three segmented treehouse. So they really came swinging for Halloween this year. So if you're oh, not taking exciting. advantage of that, uh, you're just, you're screwing up. So I felt like I yeah. had to at least mention that doing and two parody. You know, I love me some Stephen King. So there you go. It ties right in. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. The images I've seen from it look really awesome. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, um, is Krusty the Clown Pennywise? Of he course. Has to be. I mean, come yes. on, of course. So at the <laughs> time that you're listening to this, it's already aired. I'm not sure what I thought about it because I haven't seen it yet, but go watch it. Make sure you see it. Uh, Brandon, what are your plans for Halloween this year? I'd like to know that before we wrap up. Oh, man. Uh, Halloween in my neighborhood, especially trick or treat, is big, big business. Uh, there are so many kids. 
every this is our going to be our third year in this neighborhood uh, for trick or treat. The first year I bought one giant Costco bag of candy. We ran out in about. 45 minutes we <laughs> had to run into the house and close the doors and turn all the lights off and still kids kids knocked on our windows they were like kids want that candy in this yeah. neighborhood uh kids kind of bust in from other neighborhoods to our neighborhood so it's just like thousands of kids last year i got three costco bags of candy we ran out in an hour and a half this year i'm buying five bags of candy <laughs> i'll let you know how long it lasts yeah but, i'd like i'd like to know the time how 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 much you get out of those five bags yeah. how much that actually works it's gonna I, be you fun. know i as someone who has loved halloween since i was a kid i love halloween it is a requirement in my opinion to either hand out candy or at the very least if you have plans leave candy on the porch for the kids and if you're one of those bad kids like me that grabs way too much i mean it kind of is what it is you know all it's i can do is put it out or there. treat yeah, yeah, it's trick absolutely. or treat. So if I'm going to leave it out there, I can't really get mad at you for grabbing it up. So if you happen to listen to this and you're a child and you live in near me, uh, free grabs of candy this <laughs> Just Halloween. Just take the bowl. Because I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be at a friend's house for a bit of a Halloween party handing nice. out candy over there. I may up? or may not dress up. I'm a little lazy when it comes to that, so I can't guarantee Oh, anything. I love dressing up. We're definitely, we both dress up, give the candy out to the kids, the whole nine yards. Uh, last year I was Bob Ross. was oh. pretty... Pretty, it was so funny because most people are like, you're that dude from the TV. That was it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what What I struggle with is because I you know, have a beard, I feel like usually when I try to dress up, it, may, it hinders my costume unless I shave. And I'm uh, normally not willing to shave just for a costume. Well, so. you just have to pick only characters that have beards it's just hard i was tony soprano a couple years ago oh, and i good. bought like a robe and you know the boxers and you know walked around with a newspaper you know as if i was going to feed the ducks or whatever and nobody understood the costume so i was like you know what it's, it's just hard for me <laughs> to pick a costume that's obvious and funny unless i shave so yeah. it's tough <laughs> It's uh, tough out here. It's, it's always heartbreaking when you put a lot of thought into a costume that maybe is subtle in a way and people don't get it. One year, I dressed up as Simon Pegg from Shaun of the Dead. Oh. I just wore slacks, a button-up shirt with a little name tag that said Shaun, and then I put the red on the pocket because <laughs> people kept being like, you have red on you. And it was so funny because all day people were like, hey, man, your pin they didn't even realize I was wearing a costume at work. So, and they were like, your, so your pen broke. You have red on you. And I would just start <laughs> laughing kind of kind of maniacally. And they nobody ever – they thought I was crazy after that. Yeah, People they called for help. Me. To yeah. get you <laughs> nobody knew. No. It's like, have, has nobody seen Shaun of the Dead? What is wrong with you? Yeah, people? that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, there will be people dressed up where I'm going. So I guess it depends on if I'm bullied into it or not. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes. I will definitely well, you let you all know uh, how it goes. Um, but yeah, man, I hope all of you have a fantastic Halloween. I can sit here and talk about Halloween for hours because like I said, I love it. And I hope all of you go have a blast, do something safe, eat lots of candy, find whatever your favorite candy is. You get a free pass to eat as much of it as you want because it is October and don't feel guilty about it. And if anybody has an Elvis Reese cup, <laughs> please mail it to me. Brandon, I'm getting anything. concerned for this addiction here. I'm going to literally <laughs> <pay> anything. <laughs> I'm going to find one for Brandon. I'm sure he would eat it <laughs> despite the expiration date. Yeah. Um, so just a heads up uh, for everyone. Our next episode will be a big one. I'm not going to spoil it yet, but I'm extremely excited. It's it's a guest I've wanted to have on the show for some time. Um, and let's just say he knows a thing or two about The Simpsons. 
So I think you're going to learn a lot in that episode. I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, And again, I want to send one more shout out to Straight Chilling uh, for letting me steal two episodes this month. If you haven't listened to those episodes, uh, they are fun. I took two breakdown Treehouse of Horror ranking sort of discussion, dissection episodes that I've done with them for the past two or past three years now. And I used two of them for my own show because I'm trying to make ad money off my friends because that's the way it works. Um, And they're very fun. So if you haven't heard those, go listen to those and go support those guys. They make great horror-based content. They're all very funny. You're not going to find a better podcast, so I just want to give them a little bit more love. Uh, Brandon, anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? Happy Halloween, everyone. That's what I'm saying. Happy Halloween. I couldn't say it any better. As for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, consider leaving me a review on Apple or really anywhere that accepts reviews. I'm not that picky. You can follow the official Instagram account at simpsonsisgreaterthan or on Twitter at simpsonsisgreat. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bard of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter and make sure you follow Brandon at The Withra as well. And we'll see you real soon.